Welcome to the Beauty Talk Podcast, where we feature how the best medical practitioners help their patients to look better, younger, and healthier. Now, enjoy the show, and here's your host. Daniel Gao here. I'm the host of Beauty Talk, where we feature the top medical practitioners in health and beauty, both inside and out. I have Kayla Hale, the CEO of Hailstorm Aesthetics and Wellness, located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. She is a certified physician associate with nine years of experience in the medical spa industry. Kayla prides herself on developing long-term relationships with her patients and specializes in full facial balancing and laser rejuvenation. She is also a national gain trainer and provides training courses at her facility in OKC. So Kayla, welcome to the show and glad to have you here. Thank you for having me, Daniel. So let's dive right into it. Curious, how did you first get interested in aesthetics? So from the age of five, I would watch plastic surgery shows and tell my mom that I was going to be a plastic surgeon. Um, and so I've always kind of been the girl that everyone has asked. Where did you get your clothes from? How did you do your makeup? Um, from the time that I was in middle school and high school. And so it kind of just naturally developed um, into me influencing people when it came to their aesthetics. I then thought that I wanted to go to medical school. So I took the MCAT, was starting my application. And my mom said, hey, I just saw a dermatology PA. I think that you should explore this route. And so I did. I shadowed him for a couple of months and decided to go to PA school. Fast forward, after I graduated, I started in general surgery in private practice. And within six months of being with the practice, he promoted me to the practice manager. Oh, wow. So here I am, 25 years old, managing a private practice with multiple surgeons, multiple locations. Well, that's an important part of my story because I was doing a lot of procedural work. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing procedures in the office, in the operating room. So I already had a good skill base. And so I went to him and said, hey, it only seems natural that we add Botox and fillers to our services for the clinic because we're already doing procedures. And he told me if I set everything up and got trained, then I could bring it to the office. Mm. And so I think everybody has a unique story about how they get into aesthetics. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of different routes to get into it. And that's kind of where mine began. Got it. Now, you talk about some of the most popular treatments that your patients and clients come to you for. And also, why do you think that they're so popular? Yeah, I think that Botox is just a very lunchtime appointment with pe which people like. Um, people want instant gratification and they don't have a downtime. And so they can pop in over lunch break. They're seeing results within a couple days of their neurotoxin treatment. And so I feel like they really love that. Mm -hmm. um, I focus on a lot of skin as well. So one of my most popular laser treatments would be my Ultra Laser by Electronic. This is a minimal downtime laser and leaves everyone's skin glowing. And so that would be another popular thing. And again, it's just related to downtime and how they're feeling about themselves after the treatment. Mm, got it. Now, are there any new or emerging treatments that you're particularly excited about? I am very excited about, so I do a lot of RF microneedling mm. and I do a lot of hyperdilute radius. Mm -hmm. And so I am taking a course in May about combining those two procedures. 
and doing hyperdilute caha um, the same day as RF microneedling. Um, I've got a friend in Miami um, that will be hosting that workshop and I'm excited to attend and add that into my repertoire for more of my body cellulite skin tightening treatment. Got it. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about your practice. Uh, I want to talk about kind of really what differentiates your practice from your competition and from others in the, in the industry. So could you talk a little bit more about kind of what sets your practice apart from the others? Yeah. So giving a little bit of background is when I was working for the general surgeon and PA school, I was all in Dallas, Texas area. I moved to Oklahoma City about six years ago. So I came to a different state with an aesthetic base. When I moved, I didn't really know a lot of people. And so I, by way, took to social media to share my aesthetic treatments. And I really focused on patient education. So I would say that that is one thing that sets me apart is I am very good about sharing patient education of what to do prior to the procedure, what to expect during it, what you can expect after the procedure as well by way of social media. Um, so I have grown a multi-million dollar business without paying for any marketing whatsoever. Wow, that's impressive. Now, I want to kind of talk a little bit more uh, about your patients. How do you approach educating your patients about the services that you offer and also the benefits of those services? So a lot of my patients, so all new patients have to go through a, a um, kind of like a virtual consult pre-assessment. Hmm. So already prior to walking in my door and meeting me, they're getting information about what to know, what to expect. Hmm. So that happens via email or text message, whatever they're comfortable with. And then my consults are an hour long with new patients. And so that way it doesn't feel rushed. I'm able to really hear their concerns, get to know them better, and I can walk through with them what to expect with each procedure. Okay. Now, as you're kind of going through and educating your patients, I'm sure you get some people that come in and they're like, oh, I want this or I want this. And in reality, that's not really what they need. They need something else. Or maybe they come in and show you a Instagram filter like, I want to look like this. So can you talk about some of the common misconceptions that people have about the treatments that you provide? Yeah, I think that there is a couple different types of providers when it comes to the medical, medical spa industry. There's some providers that want the patients to come in and only want to do what that patient wants. Mm. And then there's another handful of providers that kind of says, oh, hey, I'm going to be the driver. I'm going to be in the driver's seat. And that's me. Mm. Um, I want to hear the concerns and I want to take that into consideration. But almost a decade in this industry, I really challenge um, the patients to see the medical side of this. Um, and really kind of educate them on the procedures and that I'm the expert. And so I hear their concerns and I address those concerns, but also what I'm seeing from my expertise. Okay. Now, do you get kind of some common questions or common uh, viewpoints that people have that's not necessarily right that you see that is more common than not? Yeah, I mean, I think that when, honestly, when it comes to the whole filter frenzy, hmm. um, I'm not big on filters. I am very big on filter free. Um, I actually have made a TikTok before that literally says filter free at <laughs> Hail the Beauty Queen because uh -huh. um, I want patients to you know feel confident without a filter i use my face as my own advertisement all the time i've been in this almost a decade i've been having these services and treatments for a decade but i still look natural i'm still aging gracefully and so i really do think that 
you know, my face speaks a volume for my business. They know that I've been doing this for a long time. I don't look crazy. I don't look overfilled. I don't look over puffy. And I think that patients like to see that. They are essentially judging what their provider looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, and who they want to pick for their treatments. Yeah. Now, I've been talking to quite a few medical professionals, spa owners across the country, and they're kind of seeing that people are shifting more to wanting that more natural, not blown out look. Is that something that you're seeing happening more and more and more? Absolutely. Um, And so a lot of times when a patient comes in, that's why I'm really big on laser resurfacing, biostimulators, threads, collagen, medical grade skincare, is because we really can get a lot of results with those items. I actually feel like we're we're seeing the trend to more natural looking fillers like you're saying some people do have hesitancies with doing them and so it really is important with education and again i use my face a lot i'm like hey i've got you know six syringes here do i look overfilled do i look puffy and they're like oh no wow and so you do as a provider have to have these treatments and be able to talk to your patients of hey i've been a patient before too i know what it's like to get them to see that you know, you can look natural and still do this. So I think before and after speak a lot for your work when it comes to fillers and just really everything in this industry. But yeah, our patients are wanting to look more natural. They're not wanting the overfill looks. They're really prioritizing their skin, which I like to see. We're not in the sun. We're not tanning in the tanning beds anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge trans- transition of education with our patients. Got it. Now, I'm sure that even though you give a lot of education, you give a lot of handholding, kind of telling them what's going to happen, I'm sure you get some people that are a bit nervous when they come in for the uh, for the treatment. So how do you make that balance between providing that relaxing experience for your patients and your clients, but also ensuring their safety and well-being? Well, jokingly, I want to say Pronox, aka laughing <laughs> gas. <laughs> but also, I think that patient's anxiety related to procedure comes with them being prepared or not on what to expect. So if I'm doing my procedure with the most downtime would be a deep CO2, right? And so you swell for several days, your your face sloughs, you know, you may have some oozing of your skin. So I will literally in the consult show them some stages of healing. Um, and because I think that's important that they know what to expect. Mm. So if we can provide them with information on literally this is what you're going to encounter days two, three, four, that's when patients feel more prepared for the procedure. And I think just creating a safe environment. Um, with my medical spa, I really wanted a calm environment. Mm-hmm. When you walk in, I wanted the smell. We have um, diffusers going um, with, a, with a certain scent. So they're having the aroma, they're offered sparkling water. So from the moment they walk in, they're, you know, they, they're calm. It's not fast paced. You know, we're slowly walking into the room. They feel relaxed. And so I think that's where sometimes we can get caught up in that boom, 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 where really we need to remember that these patients are here to spend time with us and we need to give them our time. Got it. Now, I want to ask you, and this is going to tie into what you've done previously, you working at a more surgical center. In your own words, how would you describe how the treatments that a medical spa provides is different from your traditional cosmetic surgery, plastic surgery treatments? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like they go hand in hand. Um, I refer a lot of my patients for surgery because I know my limitations and their expectations. And so I feel like they're both elective procedures 
And so it's just educating patients on what is best for them. So I feel like plastics and medical spa go hand in hand. I probably get more time with my patients than a plastic surgeon. I'm seeing them three to four times a year for Botox, once a year for filler, a couple times a year for skin strengthening. So I'm seeing them for long term, whereas a plastic surgeon may see them for their consult, perform the surgeon, see them post-op, and then kind of be done. So I would say we're developing longer term relationships with our patients. Got it. Now, I'm curious about how you'd answer this next question, because when people think about medicine, they think, oh, there's a procedure, there's a protocol, there's a process. But what role would you say creativity plays in the way that you approach patient care? Yeah, I think that creativity comes into play because you have to be able to read the patient. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, um, you know, I could put them, you know, I get to have be creative with the skincare routine I put them on. And I got to put them on a seven step routine. If this person is a busy mom with four young kids, no, I'm going to read the room. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to maximize her treatments with a three step routine, kind of for example. So I think a lot of it has to do with getting to know our patients, their lifestyle, what their life looks like outside of our office, what really they can do outside of our office to benefit their treatments in our office. So I feel like that is very creative on what I can do and just coming up with a treatment plan. Um, I had a patient in here earlier for full facial balancing, but we decided to do some other rejuvenation, under eye rejuvenation, CO2, PRF, skin strengthening first. And so that's really where I get to be creative and say, okay, I know we could do this for her under eyes, or we could do this, or we can do this. And so I get to be creative with that treatment plan and the recommendations for them. Okay, got it. Now, I'm sure throughout your uh, your career, you've had some particularly challenging cases that you've had to deal with. So is there is there one story that you can tell us about a really tough case that you came across and how in the end you were able to get them a successful outcome? Yeah, um, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is several years ago, I had a patient with, I had injected her, my last patient of the day. Um, we, I had started to inject one side of her cheek. Um, first injection, I didn't even like it. I pulled out, changed my needle, went back in for a second injection, injected, didn't love the look of it, kind of moved to the other cheek, kind of moved to her lips, did her Botox and kind of came back to that cheek. And I didn't like the way that it was looking. And I kind of told her that she was, she works in the medical field. And um, so I said, hey, I, you know, kind of want to watch this spot. I think it's bruised, but I didn't even put any product in and it started bleeding. So she contacted me later that evening, like a couple hours later, like three hours later. I was like, hey, I have a headache. Can I take some Tylenol? And I'm like, whoa, 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 that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to my office. Let's take a look. Um, she ended up having a vascular occlusion of some sort. I don't know if that was a spasm. I don't know if it was, I don't believe it was a full occlusion, more of like a partial, but she again was a busy working in medicine. Um, so very challenging case. I handled it very well. We did some hyperbaric chamber because we knew that would help her heal fast. And she she did heal and she still is a patient of mine. Mm. And um, she still trusts me to inject filler and Botox into her. Mm. And so I think that that was a pivotal moment of my career of, okay, I had one of the worst things that can happen to me as an injector happen. I handled it. The patient saw that I handled it with my protocol and took care of her. And she still is a patient um, to this day. 
Wow, that's a great story. I guess it's just the power of making sure that the communication is there, that the care is there, and that it's not everything's not going to be perfect 100% of the time. But as long as you keep working and making sure that you're working towards that solution, that builds a trust with your patient. Right. Okay. Thank you. That's a great story. Now、Thank、I want to talk about the training because I mentioned in the in the introduction you also offer training at your facility. So could you talk a little bit more about the training that you provide? Yeah. So when I was in this industry, you know, almost a decade ago,、um, which some of us OG kind of started then is what I call us, is we didn't have a lot of mentorship.、Mm. Um, there wasn't really anybody that was guiding me. I had a community of injectors. We were all talking. But I didn't have one person that I could turn to or ask questions to,、mm-hmm. and so that's really where I've kind of come in, and I want to be there for those people. So I offer everything from beginner courses, brand new, never injected, to more one-on-one,、um, more off-label,、um, more advanced techniques. I like to tailor the training to your needs. So、I'll、ask a lot of questions, and I, you know, before we get a training scheduled about injectable experience, what their medical background is, what areas they've worked in, how many years of experience they've had, and so I kind of go from there. And so I like to tailor my trainings. It's not like a one size fits all. I have a basic Cox 101 class,、um, so that's pretty. The only one that's like a big group. Everything otherwise is individual to the injectors' need, to even covering business development and social media. Got it. Now, who you say is the best fit for this train? Like, what's their background? What are they looking to achieve? Where are they coming from? Things like that. Yeah, I think that so the the beginner is really for those people that think that they want to get into this aesthetic field, right? They have an interest in it, whether they've been a patient for a long time. This is passionate. They're a licensed medical provider, you know, RN, PA, NP, MDDO, or dentist. I train as well, where they're just kind of curious. That's a really good course for them to feel out. Oh, okay, this is for me, or this is not for me. And I can kind of talk to you know during group sessions of who really clicks, and they are able to overcome some things that we have to come in in aesthetics, which is putting in people's faces, getting into their close environment, having dexterity.、Um, Where they're going to feel comfortable, or you know, they're going to decide like, okay, I thought aesthetics was cool, and it still is, but it's not for me.、Um, so that is kind of like my beginner course, and then advanced people. It would just be people looking to add new skill sets、um, to their toolbox, is what I call it.、Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they're, you know, they know how to do cheek, chin, and lip filler, but they don't know how to do any skin strengthening or threads. So we specifically tailor. Okay, we're going to. This thing, we're gonna do a full day of just threads. We're gonna get you really, really good at one certain thing. And so it really is just those looking to gain skills on a specific procedure for my more advanced injectors. Okay, got it. Now we talked about this a little bit before, but where do you think the future of aesthetics is going? Oh gosh, <laughs> part of this scares me a little bit、mm-hmm. um, because I hope to see. More regulations on aesthetics. I know that so- that probably sounds crazy, but I do. I think I hope that each state becomes a little bit stricter with their guidelines.、Um, there are certain states that don't allow our ends to inject,、um, and and only mid levels or above.、Um, and so I really do because I feel like some states it's kind of like the wild west. You know, anybody can inject, and they think that it's a really cool career. But in fact, it's a very difficult career.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
patients through difficult things where, you know, some procedures are more high risk than others. And I love this industry. Um, I think there's room for everyone. Everyone literally is getting some sort of aesthetic treatment nowadays. Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of patients to go around. There's so many people on this earth. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that there's room for that, but I do actually kind of hope to see a few more regulations or like clear boundaries um, on what we can and can't do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I've heard, I heard someone talking about uh, kind of some of the competition they're running into are like your moms who buy Botox from Amazon and are injecting into their friends and yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've seen it. I've heard of it all. Home yeah. Botox parties. <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends on the state and what, you know, your state guidelines are it really varies per state. And so I'd like to see, you know, a little bit more cohesiveness on what what we're allowing in this industry. Got it. Now, Kayla, I have one last question for you. But before I ask it, I want to point people to your website at www.hailstormaesthetics.com. Now, last question is, what do you think is the most important piece of advice you can give to someone who's thinking about getting some type of aesthetic procedure or treatment done, but isn't sure which provider to choose? I am very big on doing your research, and that doesn't just mean looking at their social media. You can schedule a consultation, and that is a time for you to interview your injector. You do not just need to ask how many years they've been a PA or RN. You need to ask how many years they have in this industry, right? So for me, you know, I've been a PA for 10 years and I've got nine years of aesthetic experience because I started this a year into my, my practice. For some people that's different. They may have been an RN for 15 years, but may have only been practicing aesthetic medicine for one. Yeah. So I think it's not only important to ask them like how long you've been in the medical field, but how long have you been in this industry? Secondly, um, continuing edu medical education. Are, do you see them doing training several times a year? Do you see them trying to continue their medical education to get better in this field? And that's huge for me. And you can ask them about that. What trainings do you plan to attend this year? What trainings have you attended in the past that have made you a better provider? Mm -hmm. The third thing would be their before and after. So make them show you before and after of their work. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like their aesthetic aligns with your aesthetic? And I think that's huge when interviewing a provider. So those would be the main things that I would touch on. You also could ask them if they have a protocol for emergencies such as vascular occlusions. Um, do they carry Hylinex in their office? These are some major core questions that I would be asking if I was interviewing a provider. Got it. Okay. Well, there you have it. Kayla sharing her expertise. Now, Kayla, where can people contact you in your practice? Yeah, so you can follow my personal Instagram, which is Hail, H-A-L-E, the beauty queen. I love to connect with people on social media. Um, already listed our website. Um, so our phone number's on there. We have social media as well, and we would love to connect. Okay, awesome. Well, great. And thanks for being on the show and sharing your message. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Talk podcast. Any questions, please contact the practice directly with the contact information provided during the show. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now.